0: Welcome to Boxes and Lines, Stop yes? Good morning to you, my here, little here, leprechaun. Here we go, we're back for another episode, and we're excited to introduce our next guest. I have John Ramsey here, of course, and today we have Brian Harkins from the CBOE. And Brian, before we do, like, more of an intro on you, we have a tradition where, for every new guest, we start off our podcast drinking our new Liquidity Beer. And I'll invite you and John to grab your can of beer, and open it now, you can take a swig okay, and hopefully okay, you don't okay. spit it. But if you do, turn and spit it on John. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> blimey. Do, it, do, it does always spray, doesn't it? Cool, blimey. Mm. Blimey. Mm. Mm.
1: Oh, that's. I guess that's English. I will say I know,
2: that free beer always tastes better, especially when a competitor <laughs> is paying for it. <laughs>
1: True, that's good. Exactly, you don't know. But I mean that one could have been spiked with something <laughs> run right with, you know he was yeah, uh, and
0: and that's interesting. Uh, Brian is in fact a competitor um, working at CBOE, but uh, what we want to do on this podcast is also show that competitors can get along on several topics and Ramsey's about to say something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you know, you guys are not nearly as nasty as NYSE and Nasdaq are uh, a lot of the time. you seem like you're you know, much more rational and reasonable. You are coming out of the gates already, slandering all right? Go yeah, no, well, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with this organization, I'm just saying that, you know, they, they often tend to go out of their way to
0: be really kind of nasty, particularly in their letters.
1: But anyway. <laughs>
0: all right, well, welcome, Brian, thank you for joining <laughs> us, and thanks for coming into the Lion's Den and drinking our free beer. We did not spike your beer. Uh, but what I wanted to start off is uh, we have a partnership between IEX and yourself and it ties into uh, Wall Street uh, Rides Far, which is a charity I believe you co-founded. And it's a charity in support of autism. And I, I think almost everybody, unfortunately, uh, knows people who have been afflicted with autism. And it's a serious thing. And you would know the statistics better than I, but it's, it's shockingly more common than people probably think. So we think it's a fantastic thing, a fantastic thing that you do it. I don't know how you have the time to put all the time into it, but uh, it's, a, it's a, an event that... Uh, we've sponsored as well or donated to over the past couple of years and we're happy to do so. So I thought introduce yourself maybe tell us a little bit about that before we get into business.
2: Yeah no I, I mean Wall Street Rides for our first I mean yeah thanks to IEX for being a sponsor uh, and many years now too. I think you've been a sponsor nearly every year. Participation's been great um, and you know Roman, to your point that's what it's all about. I mean I put aside all the, the nonsense, and we're all fighting for what we think is right for the markets, and we're all passionate. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings, and yep. uh, we're trying to do this together, and you know. NYSE, NASDAQ, they're also supporters. It's been really a, a wonderful thing to see the industry
0: come together. If I could cycle for shit, I'd race you guys, but I can't. You know what? <laughs> we can can, we come can I come them? on my scooter? <laughs> You'd be surprised at the skill
2: level of people that show up to this thing. Really? People that it's varying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably people that haven't been on a bike in uh, over 10, 15 years. So I always say how much enjoyment you have is correlated to how much effort you put into it. So yep. if you haven't ridden a bike in 10 years and you try to do one of the harder routes, it's probably not going to enjoy it as much.
0: So it's an annual event where there is a bunch of different cycles of different distances. Yeah, yeah. I call yeah. it
2: the no excuses ride. <laughs> it's, uh, this, you know, if you're an avid hardcore cyclist, there's some pretty grueling courses. But we have people that come out and do a four mile route with their kids. Even people that don't have a bike, we have a, a 5k walk, trail walk. You know, some people just come to volunteer.
1: I can go a long way as long as I don't have to go up any hills. Now, do you have it? Do they allow you to like get off your bike and like walk it up the hill? So you have to. I mean, that's what I'd have to do. Yeah,
2: probably. you can. Yeah. We. You, you see a lot of walkers, people that are, <laughs> are regretting some of their decisions. But it's no, it's. Been I'll cool. put you on a sidecar of my bike, <laughs> alright, Ramsey.
0: <laughs> yeah, you would. You would try to. Do How many that, people right? uh, go to the event each year, and is that growing? Yeah.
2: Again? So uh, we had last year. We had a roughly about three hundred. Participants. Wow, and the money is climbing, just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I think last year we did um, uh, over four hundred twenty thousand. Wow. so This year we're setting our sights on a half a million. Um, so when you're growing twenty percent a year, that's it, you'll take it. So yeah. This is the the sixth annual event coming up, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's been great to see the industry come together, um, and I love it. You ask me how do I have time to do it? It's it really does take a village. You know, yeah. It's a big team. It's a production company. I have people on an advisory board that get involved, and uh, it's honestly the most rewarding thing that we do all year. So,
0: how did you come to found it? Like, wh- where did this come from, and this particular charity? Yeah.
2: So I think you know, my wife and I, we wanted to uh, do something that was unique. And there's you know, there's a lot of events out there. There's galas, there's golf outings, and nobody really does a bike ride. Nobody does a cycling event. We had that. We had the uniqueness down. We knew we wanted to do something around autism, as you pointed out. It's a growing problem. Um, you know, one, roughly one in, in every 60 kids in the United States is diagnosed on the mm. spectrum. Wow. So that is, uh, it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. a pretty big problem out there. Um, and I wanted to leverage my network of people. You know, there's a lot. We're an in industry that's competitive, but people are, at the end of the day, are, are generous and have good hearts and I wanted to do something that was fun. So if you bring that all together, and that's how we came up with the ride. Well, it's
1: a great credit for you, and and certainly for somebody who has as active um, and significant a responsible job as you have, finding the time to devote to
2: that in addition must be a challenge. But it's funny, I mean, yes, but I also look at it as, it's a business connector, too. You know, it's something you could talk about to, to anyone. If you want to change the subject, you're disagreeing on something. You know, it's, <laughs> Take it, it out it's, on the road. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: So I feel like it binds people together, which, you know, has its business benefits, too. That's mm-hmm. that's always a good thing. That's great. So speaking of business, what do you want to talk about, John?
1: One of the things I wanted to talk about was uh, your, it started out as the BATS market close proposal, I guess, and now it's the SIBO market close proposal that was...
0: Pending for like two years, I think. Yeah, when um, was that? That was originally approved by Trading on Markets two years ago?
2: It's Yeah, we just passed the two-year anniversary. Okay. Uh, and then if you go back before that, I think the whole b- between filing and comment period, you're talking about another year. Oh, so does that go the
1: full 240? Yeah, uh,
2: it, and that's the new norm these days. Yeah. Anything novel, unique, you're going to go the distance. Yeah. Uh, but I even think this idea dates back to Direct Edge too. I remember we talked about this when I was at Direct Edge. Is you know the, dem- the market demand has always been there. Yep. It's just a matter of how do you get it approved. And I think
1: so. So people, so people don't know, and people not among the market structure cognoscenti um, it is he hates it when I say words like that it's
2: very anyway, fancy.
1: yeah so anyway uh, what it is well you could summarize it better than I but
2: so I take it. you didn't read the hundred page approval order. I
1: read it I read it and I, I drafted a supportive comment letter uh, sure. that we sent in early on as I said it's been going on for two years so it's,
0: whenever he has a swig yeah. of beer he just loses everything <laughs> so he did not uh, read the approval you did submit a comment letter uh, on behalf of IEX, I read the approval too. Okay, are you so? kidding? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll break it down for you. Yeah, it's please si- do. It's
2: pretty simple. <laughs> uh, it's you know So it's a it's a a cross. So it's yeah. not an auction. So it's that's a very specific word. It's mm. not it's not price forming. And we're just simply aggregating market on close orders at 3:35. Um, whatever is not done, we're going to cancel back to the customer, so that they can go to the respective primary listing market to participate in the auction. Uh, it's as simple as it as you can make so it. So
1: people will automatically get the whatever the closing print is on the primary listing market, in the same way that uh, some broker dealers may um, sort of cross orders of their customers at yeah. a particular
2: closing. It, you know, it's it's pretty common in the industry to uh, to cross orders and then assign the price later. You know, that could be a, you could do that with a VWAP after the fact. So yep. these customers they want the closing price whenever that is put up. So we look for the closing print on the consolidated tape after the close, and then we issue a restatement to give the price to the uh, locked-in customers.
0: Yeah. So there, there are some people who listen to the podcast that are non-trading folk. So basically, you know, not to state the obvious to those in the industry, but you have a closing price every day at four o'clock. The exchange on which the stock lists will hold a closing auction, and that's the closing print of the day. So what Brian is saying here is at three thirty-five. If you have buyers of a million shares and sellers of 500,000 shares, they'll match up the 500,000 shares at 3:35 and give them the same price as what the closing price is on the primary market. And it's something IEX was very supportive of. And apparently, John wrote a letter on it a couple <laughs> of years ago, but has no idea what he wrote a supporting comment letter on.
1: <laughs> it's been how <that laughs> <long>. you're <so laughs> it's, that. It's, it's, it's been that long. The the important thing is finally it got approved. Why do you think it took so long? I mean, I know part of it is uh, you know, and I see Nasdaq launched this big kind of letter writing campaign by issuers and other stuff, which is you know, granted, needed to be sort of sorted through, but it felt like it, it felt like it took longer than it should have.
2: Well, let me talk about the positives of that length. I mean, so, you know, the one of the wonderful things about the public comment period is that. You know, you come up with a, a new idea. You think that's going to add value to the market that seemingly has market demand. That's going to improve outcome for investors or inject competition. And then you put it out there and you say, what does everybody think of this? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like anything new or novel, you're going to have feedback all over the map, some supportive, some against. Um,
0: Trust me, we know that process. Yeah, I think I would say so. <laughs> and, and I think,
2: you know, the SEC through their... You know, and when you, when you look at the approval order, when they look at it from every different angle, does this burden competition? Does this promote you know fair mm-hmm. and efficient markets? Does this improve the outcome for investors? And then they are also always looking at it against the backdrop of does this even though there's there's clear benefits and there's demand, uh, and it increases competition, are are the trade offs or the potential you know to use an economics term, are there any negative ex- externalities that are going to be imposed into the system that you know, a benefit's going to create a host of new problems, yep. and so I think they look look at that thing, mm-hmm. look at that very, very carefully, and and you know, you look at the vast amount of com- of comment letters, and the SEC does respond um, and ask the submitters to respond to particular points that yep. th- they, they think are particularly interesting that they want to respond to, and you know, as far as the once it was approved, um, now I'm the lawyer, but the the appeal process you know causes an automatic stay. And unfortunately there's no statutory timeline through which, in my understanding, the yeah. SEC has to address the state. Right. So but, you know, I think all along the way, you know, we were always in discussion with the SEC as we you know, as as we are, um, on a day to day basis and and just making sure that, you know, any feedback they need, not not just the staff but as the commissioners themselves, to really to, to get an answer. And I think we were pleased all throughout to know that they did want to close it out one way or another. now yep. of course we didn't know which way they were going to to rule. Um,
0: oh were you, were you surprised when it came to approval? No I mean we took yeah. the
2: confidence in the fact that yep. the the trading and market staff uh, wrote a thorough approval order the first time and looked at all the issues that I talked about on balance. yeah and we don't believe that their view ever changed. Uh, but of course more opinions were in the room and yep. had to opine on that so.
0: So now it's, it's approved, it's ready to go. When, when does it go live? So we're gonna launch March 6th. Oh, cool.
2: So it's coming up, Yeah. Um, and so we're ready to go. You know, I think even throughout the process, we were hopeful, and we took a calculated chance, meaning, I think you guys understand what the opportunity cost, like, should you build something in advance of a regulatory approval? That's always a decision yeah, you have yeah. to make. Because, mm. yeah. you know, if you never get approved, then maybe you're wasting your resources. But again, we took a calculated risk, and so we built the software. Uh, and now we just wanna make sure that we're good market citizens and make sure the street is ready, that we're always making a a risk-based decision in rolling it out, meaning, you know, dusting off the operational playbook, making sure we're comfortable with uh, how the product's gonna operate and so that's how we chose the date um, in
0: advance. So, so based on like editing of our podcast, this podcast will probably be live right around the time that this happens, or shortly thereafter. So, we'll, we'll probably reach out to you, Brian, and get like some stats that maybe we we'll report at a later date. But it, it's something we're very interested in seeing. Obviously, we were supportive of it. Um, I don't, I don't think it's anything for IEX to do or emulate because there's no additional value add, first mover advantage. We think it's a fantastic idea. So. Really interested to see what the adoption rate is there, and uh, you know, from from talking to the broker dealer, your members' standpoint, does there seem to still be the same interest, and people will be there ready to go day one? Obviously, things need to bake in, but are you are you, yeah, are you I bullish think, on the outcome? Yeah,
2: I, I, to be honest, I was slightly worried that because it has been so long, <laughs> people yeah. would forget what it was. <laughs> well, you for, either, yeah, yeah. Either you mm-hmm. forget, and as you know, in this business, it's you know capturing mind share and you know striking while the iron's hot is important. Yeah, and and so, since we went through this process, the a whole host of off-exchange venues have, have created their own uh, crossing yep. facilities, closing cross facilities, and that's, you know, I think in, in the end, that also helped our case for this product is Absolutely. That, you know, competition is a good thing, whether it's off-exchange or on-exchange, let's just let venues compete. And, but in answer to your question, I mean, the, the, the market demand is there. Yeah. I, I couldn't ballpark how much traction we, we're going to get, but I think, um, you know, especially the large bulge bracket banks, they're all going to be there.
0: Funny enough, when you and I actually met uh, for the first time, it was when we were on that panel at uh, the Buy Conference, where it was you, myself, Tal from NASDAQ, and uh, Mike Blogren from NYSEE. And it was right around the time of the BMC. And I think it was, uh, I was very supportive of it on the panel. We probably didn't agree with most of the other topics mm-hmm. on the panel. But uh, I think that was the first time I met you, so it is interesting how long it took because that was fairly, relatively early in the comment process. Yeah. So you probably took it like three years ago. Yeah. That, that, that's P- pretty amazing, well, all's well that ends well. well let's let's see know, how it we'll, goes.
1: We'll find ways to bond wherever we can, right? You
0: know? We ride so. bikes and we support things exactly. we like, right? And we support things that make sense. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so share, and share beers and, and share beers, beers very hoppy, absolutely very hoppy by the way yeah uh, it's, it's not is too hoppy. hoppy though some of the IPAs leave that really bad taste
1: mm-hmm. I actually like this one it's an I'd use an uh, adjective I use for Ronan too he's a little hoppy sometimes uh, <laughs> and uh, especially late in the day anyway <laughs> I don't, don't even know, know what that I don't know that what that means either but yeah. you know we try to <laughs> we
0: try to keep it light <laughs> move on anyway, move on.
1: okay moving along. Um, interested. Proliferation
0: of exchanges, is that where you're going? No, no actually, right. I was
1: going in a different direction. Okay, Ronan, okay. If, okay well, if you'd like take to. your direction, because yeah, right.
0: your next thing, you're going <laughs> to half answer a question and then have
1: Brian finish it for you. All right, so interested to get your thoughts on, uh, as you know, long term trend towards. Um, more trading away from lit venues or lit trading on exchange. H a has a proposal for a, a sort of so-called one-spited speed bump, and we have a different kind of proposal. Um, but, but both intended to try to create a greater incentive for people to post liquidity on exchanges. Do you have any thoughts about how to reverse that and what the stakes are
2: for the markets generally? You know, first I'll start with, you know, SIBO is and always will be pro-competition, so you will you talk about preserving and, and making sure we're encouraging the integrity of the displayed markets. Yes, we're in exchange, of course, uh, that is our, our primary mission, but you also don't see us saying, you know, off-exchange is bad or, you know, single-dealer platforms or internalization bad. Competition is a wonderful thing. Different market models serve investors in different ways. Yep. Um, that said, if you just go back to pro-competition, what types of market structure serves investors better? And that's always something that we always have to continue to reevaluate. and I think everybody understands the importance of the lit quote and having encouraging liquidity providing, taking risk, especially in a increasingly fragmented environment, right? So, then you think about how we will take that thought process and how does it seep into how we're running our business? Well, Edge A, that's a a pretty interesting concept and it's game-changing um, obviously going back to that to that comment period process you know you're gonna get some passionate views about something like that <laughs> <laughs> and so we love the the process and the understanding about how people view things like for example an unprotected quote yep you know what can exchanges regardless of whatever happens with the speed bump or know what people mm-hmm. you know what, what can an exchange do with an unprotected quote that's an interesting question yep. right because regnms NMS, for all its benefits has some it's, um, it's pretty rigid um, and we're seeing another example of that with Nasdaq's talking about revoking UTP and concentrating liquidity Yep. I think I've said pretty publicly over the last few years that perhaps we should revoke NMS or me at least maybe even the order protection rule for in certain instances, whether that's thinly traded, mm. um, can we do more uh, to better serve investors and potentially protect market makers? So I think there's a lot of, you're gonna see this trend I think pick yeah. up. I think the other thing, if I will make a prediction for 2020 is you know potentially rule filings that ask for exemptive relief. I think you'll see more and more of those mm. because you know, as more exchanges are coming to market, and again, competition is great, Mm -hmm. how do you differentiate your product offering to appeal to different constituents to protect market makers, and also, by the way, not get commoditized to death, right? So, because if every exchange is looking, feeling the same way, and it's price time, it's just a price war, and you know it just comes down to that's that's the only way exchanges are going to differentiate. Yeah
0: right? I mean we're, we're definitely in agreement I mean we're in the throes of it as well with our D limit filing and, and the way that we look at it is when you look at display trading just focus on display because I agree with competition in all facets of trading but display trading I feel with maybe the construct of order protection rule is you haven't been really able, I'm not saying that the SEC has said no, but there hasn't been a lot of innovation from display trading, whereas you look at Dark over the last 10 years, I like to think IX contributed to it, but you see segmentation, you see uh, Intelligent Cross, Mellow on NASDAQ, there's a lot of different flavors. So I think like Edge A, D-Limit, these type of ideas are worth investigating. And I think what, what I've seen both in your comment, comment letters on your filing and comment letters on our filing No one is actually taking the debate that the issue doesn't exist, that market makers can be at certain points uh, disadvantaged and that there should be a solution for them. It's just that what's the solution, right? Right. Do you want an unprotected quote? Do you want an asynchronous speed bump? Do you want the ability for an exchange like an IEX in our solution to run what some will say is broker functionality? Of course, we completely disagree with dissenters, but that's, like you said, that's the way the process goes. So we're in the same window where we just submitted a comment letter back to the SEC to address points there, but we're only like 40, 49 days into the process, so yeah. we fully expect well, that to go the usual 240.
2: Yeah, well, I think I what I see is... Very well said. What, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, was little,
0: it was a little long-winded, oh, but it was very good. well said. Long-winded, the puck <laughs> calling the kettle. Let, let the guest speak.
2: No, I think you're. you're, what you see, what you're going to (laughs) see, the passion is around displayed liquidity because they're protected, right? And, you know, look, we we benefit from the protected quotes. We all do. But you also have to admit that it creates a little bit of a captive audience type of uh, problem, right? So the reason why everybody's so passionate about uh, these new potential game-changing things that... um, while still having protected quotes and existing within NMS, that's where they're saying, you know what? That's an interesting idea, but it's not for me. I shouldn't be forced to go there. Yep. Whereas with dark liquidity, you can do more things with segmentation yep. because it's not impeding the public Yeah, report. there's not an
0: obligation to right. access it. No, I completely agree. <laughs> okay, John's John's got a hot take for us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to shift again to speaking of competition to... Fragmentation introduction. That's a great transition, that's a great transition, John.
0: Thank you, Rona. thank you. Here, take a sip of beer, (laughs) come on.
1: No, but, um, so there are three new exchanges, count them, that are pending, uh, you know, to come online by the end of the year. Just curious to get your thoughts, I mean, again, uh, no one wants to argue against competition, um, and uh, so we're not. But you know, I just recently saw a Greenwich Associates survey of buy-side firms, um, to the effect that a significant majority of them did not think that the introduction of new exchanges was a net benefit for them. Do you do you have a sense? I mean, as you know, the the uh, the lift for getting a new exchange approved is relatively light in terms of the presumption is that if you can sort of copy a rule book and show that you have the basic systems in place you can get it approved. How do you think about this? Is there a point at which the costs on the system just outweigh
2: the benefit from more competition? There's a lot of moving parts to the answer and that things like order protection rule, protected quote status and best execution rules I think are what um, Again, go to use my, my term, uh, the captive audience issue. You know, if you're a broker dealer and you have to honor every last de minimis quote, then you're effectively have to connect everywhere. But if there was more guidance around best execution and, ins- you know, perhaps maybe there needs to be more flexibility around order protection rule, we have thought that maybe there's a minimum threshold for protection status. Look, I'm, uh, you know, I think you have to weigh those against. Competition and I refer back to my direct edge days and you know You guys were a startup not too long ago and you don't want to pull up the ladder behind you, you know, yep. and uh, we'll, you'll, we'll, you'll never see us say that um, But things like okay, are you forcing people? You know, when I look around New York City I see drugstores popping up on every corner and it annoys the hell out of me Like why do you need another Dwayne Reed, but I don't have to shop there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just walk past it yep. and, uh, but you know so I don't know where you draw that line and to say enough's enough on competition. I generally lean towards free markets. You look at the options industry as an example. So you think of, the
1: new exchanges are basically like drug dealers or, or drug sellers? So.
2: You hear it here. Brian yeah, Harkins. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> When I go to
0: Dwayne Reed, I usually get gum or mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. So. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm sorry. I buy my drugs down alleys. Mm. Do what Oliquist? about the socks? Oh yeah, so yeah. we have a pair We're of IEX done. socks. Like you uh, didn't bring me the cufflinks that you're wearing that are CBOA. Oh yeah, But We, yeah. we CBO, <laughs> actually well, we CBO CBO signs my paychecks though. to yes. <laughs>
2: wear these.
0: <street laughs> They're actually nice. We have we have IEX ones too. We like to give our guests that come on the podcast our boxes and lines. See, socks. You can wear these maybe when you're wearing boots one day so you don't get attacked (laughs) in the office, but they're very, very comfortable. Do they say IEX on them? No. See? So you can get away with it. Yeah, because nobody knows what these are. They might go the the logo. Well, tell me uh, when you're wearing them, and I'll email people I know over there. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Check out Harkin sucks. uh,
2: Yeah. When I first decided to come here, I had to first answer the question, why, why the heck am I going to IEX? And it was actually quite pleasant, and I don't ever want to be like the... You know, if you're at working for Coca-Cola and you can't it, be tra- caught drinking a Pepsi, right. <laughs> but these are fairly uh, benign.
1: Absolutely, they're benign and they nobody is gonna uh, nobody's gonna attack you for wearing those. And we think they're very Thank comfy.
0: Very and so, <laughs> no yes, worries. Uh-huh. See the socks I'm wearing today? These are pictures of my dog's heads. Mm-hmm. My wife got them for me for Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. I yeah, think no, I get, those are just weird. I mean, yeah. there, you know. I get pop-up
2: ads all over the internet on those things. The really? I, don't, I, don't I never even heard of them. I, I, of them. I thought it dogs. was
0: the coolest thing. So when she mm-hmm. gave me the socks, I'm like, when well, the fuck did I get the sucked? Then I'm like, those dogs look like our dogs. That's because <laughs> they actually are. She submitted photos of them. That doesn't look weird. Look at the mm-hmm. cute heads on there, you know, John.
1: Very cute. For sake. cute. Sorry. Yeah. No, I would never say anything against your dogs or
0: yeah. 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 Thanks for that. Anyway, do you have any other questions? Do you have any <laughs> questions for us while well, 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 we ramble on? We, we appreciate you genuinely coming in yeah. here. It's always good. We wish you the best of luck on the CMC and on Wall Street Rides far. Keep us up to date on that. Uh, maybe we'll actually get some more people to get off their asses and cycle in the IX Orange jerseys this year. But it is a great, great event. We're proud to be sponsors of it. Uh, fantastic job for what you do. Uh, keep on rocking we need more people like you in the industry sounds good thank you guys Appreciate absolutely you we're
1: so glad to have you you've always been a stand-up guy and <laughs> uh, you know you're welcome back anytime
0: all right over and out boxes and lines
2: and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational and educational purposes only. And IEX Group, Inc. and its affiliates do not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. Nothing in this podcast constitutes a solicitation or offer to buy or sell any securities or provide any investment advice or service. Some portions of the preceding conversations may have been edited for length or clarity. Copyright IEX Group, Inc. All rights reserved.